uh, podcast for uh, midweek. I'm Bob McCowan, and that's uh, John Shannon over there, as he uh, generally is. And with us, well, his resume is going to take a minute. Um, he's president <laughs> and uh, part owner of the L.A. Dodgers, the former president of the Atlanta Braves and Washington Nationals and Atlanta Thrashers, and general manager of the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, Stan Caston, what did I miss? Yeah, I don't know. And, 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 and by the way, Bob, Stan's speech at the end of the World Series was the best. I was speechless. I mean, literally, <laughs> it was, I was speechless. It was, it was fantastic. I loved your speech more than anybody else's on the dais. So. Thank you. Thank you. Now, in spite of all of these teams that you've um, orchestrated here, this is only your second World Series championship. Is that it? <laughs> That's correct. Only two so far. That's well. Right. You know, you'd, you'd have to think after all these years. You know, well, you had it doesn't work teams. that way, Bob. Well, you know, it doesn't work. Oh, that way. How, many, how many Pulitzers you got, Bob? I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, look at it this way, Bob. Between the three of us, we have two World Series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, this is a terrible question, but it's been a while. I expect nothing different from you. Thank you. It's been a while. Um, how would you compare this one to the last one? As exciting, more exciting? Um, how do you feel? Uh, I, as as good as you can feel and multiply that by a million. It's, it's, it's an extraordinary feeling. It really is the combination of a lifetime's work. Even if it happens every year, it still feels that way. Um, yeah, I was obviously quite a bit younger with a whole different crew in a whole different city. Sure. Uh, the last time I was with a team that won a World Series. This one is different uh, and, and has its own special quality because it, it's a market that has been so loyal to this franchise for so long and had gone... 32 years, uh, and it's all anyone ever talked about. And to be able, you know, to be good year in, year out, and be a contender year in, year out, which we should. We're the Dodgers. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, to finally drag it across the finish line. And one other thing, the residual bitterness that exists among this team and around this city because of what may or may not have happened in 2017 was just another element that no one else can really appreciate unless you're right here. So it was very special for sure. Um, Would would it it have been more special, Stan, if you had played Houston in the World Series? (laughs) You know what I said? Um, If that had happened, people would not have even written about the games. There would have been so much media attention on everything else that the games would have been secondary. So I'm, I'm just as happy that I, now we thought, we thought Tampa was a better team for sure. We thought we could play with anybody though. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm very happy that it wasn't used for a lot of reasons. I'm just happy about that. You know what is intriguing to me? Uh, um, and it's not offered as a commentary necessarily, but your Atlanta team, the Braves, were good for an awful long time. The expectations were very high for a long period of time. And I think if you were honest, you would say that you might have been relatively disappointed that you only won one championship there. Yeah. yeah. And now, and now yeah. you, come to, you go to Los Angeles, 
And the exact same thing happens, Stan. You're, you have um, clearly the best team in the National League or very close to it for, cons- I don't know, five consecutive years, seven consecutive years, and finally get to the finish line. Have you, do you think about that? Does that matter to you at all? Uh, um, you know, I, I have, and, and truthfully and philosophically, what's my alternative? Finish last for seven of the last eight years and then no, break through with yeah. one year? No, I'm, we compete every year. We bring a lot of joy and happiness, not just to people in our organization, but to our fans. And that's what we do. We expect we're the Dodgers, so we should contend every year. And, um, no, I, I, I have no apologies. That We've also been the World Series three in the last four years. We've been right. to five LCSs in the last eight years. We think we've done well. And, and, and I say this a lot, and you guys won't be interested, but it's important to me. This is at the same time that this year the Dodgers were ESPN's humanitarian team of the year. Mm-hmm. We do – a lot of good things in our community for our community because they're good to us. We've had America's largest COVID testing center in our parking lot. And today we have this enormous voting center upstairs where people are coming and have been for five days to vote. So this is all about the Dodgers who are more than just a baseball team. They are a very important baseball team. But Bob, that's why I get excited about what I'm doing now as compared to the things I've done in the past. Nothing is as important as what I'm doing now because it is the Dodgers. And how, just to, to put it in context, Stan, how is that different than the way you would have talked about the Braves brand in Atlanta and in the short term, the Nationals brand in Washington? Well, it's, uh, it's different in a couple of ways. Um, uh, building it was different. When we were in Atlanta, um we started from here, here's how low we were when we began uh we had three straight years of attendance under a million people hard to imagine we had a uh when i got there we were a last place team that had the highest payroll on baseball which is almost hard to do if you're trying to do that on purpose you know yeah. um and so we we could take our time and say look we're going to try to do things the right way we're going to start from square one We could build fans one at a time and say, look, in five years, we're going to be pretty good. And we were. Uh, Washington was the same. By the time I got to Washington, they hadn't even had baseball in the market for over 30 years. And so we could build fans one at a time and tell them, because we were basically an expansion team, that in five years, we're going to be good. That was not possible in Los Angeles because through thick and thin, this market had supported this team uh, every year. over 3 million people. And we couldn't just say to them, hang with us in five years, we'll be good. So we had to do both things. We had to produce a winner now, while also building for the long term. Frankly, we are in a market that would reward us if we did both. The resources are here in this market, unlike other cities that I freely admit could not have pulled off both at the same time. Teams have to make choices. Here, we were able to pursue both goals because we knew if we did our job, we'd be rewarded by tickets and hot dogs and Cokes and beer and merchandise. And yes, and media deals if we did our job. Not everyone could do it, but we were blessed because of our market. 
And so we could try to be good right away and compete right away while still building for the long term. And the building is really important. And this year, we let all of the playoff teams in number of players on a roster that were homegrown. That's a statistic that matters a great deal to us. And, and you, you, you talked about your media deal. It was controversial at the time when you went off uh, on your own with uh, Time Warner, if I'm not you know, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are you in as many homes as you need to be now? Are you, do you need uh, to be now? We are. This year was the first year that uh, they were able to make a deal with DirecTV, which doubled our homes overnight. Uh, we had fantastic ratings, uh, as you would expect, because we're a good team in the media and entertainment capital of the world. Um, so, yeah, we've had, uh, we've had a great year, as I said, on the field and off the field in the community as well. Uh, with Stan Kassin, the president of the Dodgers. Uh, I recall back in the uh, late 70s when the Blue Jays were launched, uh, having conversations with Pete Pavese, and he talked about, a lot about the chicken dinners that he had to have in order to sell baseball in Toronto. And you and I have chatted over the years about, um, probably not to the same extent, the chicken dinners you, you, you had when you were in Washington and bringing that franchise back. Any chicken dinners in L.A.? Do you go out and, and sell the game nearly as much? I, I, I did in my first year. Um, did about 200 speeches. That's what I average in my first year in any city because I'm introducing myself and introducing our vision. Uh, I, I, I can do many fewer now because people kind of get who we are and what we're doing. Sure. But, yeah, of course, you have to be out there. You have to reach, extend yourself to the community and, and – Extending yourself and connecting with your community when they're not in the stadium or when they're not on their couch watching you, that's really important because that connection is what keeps them loyal during the downtimes uh, or what keeps them interested in an offer that they see to take advantage of. You know, it's all important. Uh, establishing your connection with your fan base is the most important thing we do. The way you play on the field is the most useful technique or all the other things are very important as well even in a city as sophisticated and mature uh as uh, los angeles we saw numerous things this year that we had never seen before as a result of this uh, COVID situation not the least of which was the expansion of the postseason to uh, eight teams in each league and we do not know, or I do not know, maybe you do, what the future holds. But there is some talk, at least, of either expanding playoffs or I don't know whether they're going to retain 16 teams in the postseason. I, I'm intrigued by how you feel about this. Did you, did you like the scenario that, that unfolded this year? Well, first of all, like or dislike wasn't a factor this year because we all agreed, hey, whatever we need to do this year, this year's off gotcha. the books, okay? We just got to get through it. Whatever it takes, we're going to do it and not beef about it. I think in retrospect, we can tweak uh, exactly the seeding of teams and who you face and what round. But I like expanded playoffs. I always have. It seems like the other sports have figured that out before we did, but that's okay. We're here now, and I think it's a good thing. So, yes, uh, the other rule changes – I don't know, uh, jury's out. We have to agree on that with our players. And we have a year to go before we have a whole new collective bargaining agreement. So, so the timing for any changes uh, is tricky right now. But yes, expand the playoffs is a good thing. 
Um, the fact that every now and then a sub 500 team gets in, who cares? I mean, okay, that's fine. That's fine. The world doesn't end when yeah. that happens. And, and so, yeah. So yes, I'm a fan of expanding our playoffs with, with some tweaks. Couple of, a couple of other. It should uh, be noted, Bobby. Before you, before you yeah. go, Bobby, it should be noted that with expanded playoffs, the two teams with the best records still got to the World still Series. Still got there. That's right. Yeah. And that's really interesting because we also thought that the two teams with the best record could be knocked out in the first 48 hours. Could have happened. I don't think that's the way you wanted to design it. I think that was risky for baseball. So let's look at that. But, but you're absolutely right. DH to stay in the National League. Do you like it, not like it? Uh, I don't like it in the National League, but I, I could be talked into it. Um, you know, it, it was fine. Again, for this year, I don't know what happens next year, and I really don't know what happens long term. It seems to me enough people are talking about that eventually I think we will get to it, but I never minded that no. two leagues have two different sets of rules with regard to DH. I think when you're in a bar, and you're arguing about DH versus no DH, that's a hell of a lot better argument than arguing about contracts or steroids or no trade clauses or strikes or work stops, okay? Argue about the DH, go for it, okay? Um, but here, the interesting thing about that, Stan, is, is that uh, in a neutral site World Series, uh, I, I didn't even notice that there wasn't a DH. Uh, it just, I mean, every game was played the same way with the same rules. And uh, it, yeah. it, to me, it, it leveled the playing field for that. Um, Maybe. Did it take away from strategy? Who knows? Maybe. Um, I don't know. These are all good questions, John. And uh, we'll take some time to, uh, to think it through. I don't have a list. It's baseball, man. Just give me the rules. We'll play. Okay, really. Just, just give me the rules. So we are three guys of a certain age. Of course, Kasten is by far the oldest uh, amongst us. He's got me by three months. Um, you guys are much older then. Yeah. So, so you shut up then, you, 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 you punk. <laughs> Whippersnapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the one that was the hardest for me to get used to, and I still don't know how I feel about it, this extra innings thing, you know, put the runner on second base stuff. Where do you go with that now? Good, bad? I mean, I, I, I listen. I, I saw both sides. I saw, I saw the strategy was really interesting. It's certainly not the baseball I grew up or am used to. But who says it has to be what I'm used to? So yeah. I don't know. I'm really intrigued with public opinion because that's what we're here for you know what do fans want what do fans like the dh is interesting because fans in american league cities like the dh and fans in national league cities don't like the dh so i will be interested to hear what fans think about the extra inning rules the three batter minimum uh seven inning double headers you know those are all really useful smart emergency tweaks for this year now let's see if there are lessons we can learn going forward. I got one more quick. I got one more quick, John. Expanded okay. rosters. We understand why it was done this year. We understand there's an economic implication to that. But the the ability to be more flexible um, is, I think, advantageous. Your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, listen, truthfully, it was an advantage for us because we pride ourselves on our depth more than just superstars. And so yep. it was good for us. What also was useful was that we had the um, alternate site. Right. That space age, 21st century sounding ominous name. We had an alternate site that we would exile players to, but we could also pull from there. That, that was really useful that we could go in and out like that. I don't know what the future of either of those uh, innovations is. Um, but yeah, expanded, play, expanded rosters works for me. Uh, it, it's just something that would have to be bargained with the players. You, um, you, the, the rule changes that were put in place for this, a lot of them were, were done in order to try to speed the game up. Um, do you think speeding? Oh, well. the, no, no, yeah, but, oh well, but, is right. But, yeah, that's you, don't, you don't think you don't think? I mean, I there are days that I was thought I was watching a cricket match, not a baseball game. But you're not concerned about the length of games. For, I, I am. For I'm a, saying the younger market. The younger I, market. I, I am. I'm saying we need to go back to the drawing board on length of game. Right. Uh, we we didn't have now again. We can't draw too many conclusions from this year because this year was so weird. I think there are other things we should focus on um, to attract younger uh, consumers. And one of the things I think uh, that we should spend more time on is filling our dead space. Unlike the continuous action sports like hockey and basketball, we had the advantage of 300 discrete breaks in the action every night, the yeah. 20 seconds in between every pitch. And if we filled those in an interesting way, you wouldn't notice how long, they, we're not as long as football games now, all right? So it's not game length, it's pace and it's activity. And if we could figure out, I think through using your phone, whether it's texting or trivia or pictures, maybe it's betting, whatever it is, if we are smart in filling up the spots that we have to fill up, that may engage younger fans in a way that's never been dreamed of before. Uh, I would say for many years, I may be wrong on this, and you, you, I, there's no question you'll tell me if I'm wrong. You may tell me I'm wrong even if I'm <laughs> What are the odds? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the principal rival of the Los Angeles Dodgers has – for a long time been the San Francisco Giants, correct or not? Yeah, for decades on two different coasts. That's correct. Um, is there any chance that a good team in San Diego, which has happened rare, rarely, rarely, because of the geographic proximity, could, could that change? I mean, we, we saw this year a rivalry between you two guys, but um, what do you think of the future of that? Uh, uh, well, their short-term future is massive. They're really good and really young, so talented, really yeah. well-run, uh, beautiful facility. So, uh, uh, yeah, their near-term future is, is great. Um, I think absolutely could happen. Now, you know, in recent years when we play in San Diego, it's been a home game for the Dodgers, sure. okay? That's, that's just the way that is. And that doesn't change overnight. Team could get good overnight. And you could have a period of three to five years where the games are rivalry level. But to have a, a rivalry like the Dodgers or like Red Sox Yankees, that takes many years and lots of history uh, to build. So could it happen? Sure. But that, that takes a while. That, that yeah, and, 
quickly. It's fair to say, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows this, but the Dodgers and Giants moved from New York essentially simultaneously to the West Coast. So that rivalry that has now existed for more than a half a century is natural. Yeah. It's not natural. Yeah, and and its roots go back to Bobby Thompson and Jackie Robinson. Of course. You know, know, that's, that's, yeah, and so that's going to take a while. But I want to emphasize this. Right now, Padres are ferocious as a team, and uh, they will be fun to watch. Um, hey, I w- Stan, I, w- I was just going to say, before we get too far away from the World Series, just uh, a thought on Justin Turner, on, on what happened with Justin Turner. Yeah, uh, we are, uh, there have been a lot of talks behind the scenes. Uh, the confusion last weekend, last uh, game six, was regrettable to say the least. Um, but like everything that happened this year, John, it was the first time. So we're yeah. learning from all of these things. And, and two ironies about this. We had gone until the eighth inning of the final game, two months without a single player testing positive. And then for it to happen, and for it to happen in the only circumstance that could have had a problem because no other game except the final game with a team winning the World Series has a post-game stuff. You right. know, that, I mean, it only could have happened in that unique circumstance. So I'm not even sure what the lessons are that we could learn from that. The other irony is who Justin Turner is. We can't forget that because there is no player that was more instrumental and more vocal in helping us craft these protocols and these procedures and helping our players buy into compliance. No player was more of a leader and vocal than Justin Turner. Hmm. Uh, There is no player on our team that has been together with his wife, Courtney, instrumental with their work off the field through charities, in-laws. There's no player more willing to do for his community what Justin is. And, the irony that involved him is just one of those things, man. It's just baseball. So we're going to learn like we did with every first-time thing. We learned when the Marlins had their problems. We learned when the Cardinals had their problems. We'll learn from this. Um, don't know yet what it's going to learn, but we're going to. So we're taking it seriously. Obviously, I wish it hadn't happened, uh, but it happened. We'll come through it, and we'll get better going forward. But, but we're still within that 14-day window that we're, we, yeah. we all Players think. Yeah, players are all, all still th- quarantined. Players and are quarantined. So, uh, they are still quarantined yeah. and, and yeah. testing still occurring for, the, for yeah. everybody that was on the field? Yeah, that's wow. right. Wow. Uh, it is the, the stuff point. ain't easy, John. No, no. Nothing, no, well, I mean, we, nothing about this year. Hey, after game four, you might remember the ending to game four of the World Series. Sure. We could have gone up 3-1. Instead, it was 2-2. We looked at each other and said, do we do anything easy? No, we don't do <laughs> anything easy. And that should be the motto for this entire year. We are sitting here in the first month of uh, first week of November. And so um, projecting what is going to happen in the midst of this pandemic and um, and everything else that's gone on in the world is an impossibility. But do you see a scenario under which your league plays 162 games next year? I do. I do. Uh, in fact, I am starting out from that expectation. I do not know 
whether we'll have a full stadium on opening day, how many will be allowed on opening day, or how deep into the season before we are allowed to have uh, full stands. Uh, I think California will be among the last jurisdictions that allows it, having spoken to the public health officials, having spoken to our governor. Um, it will be interesting about what we do internally inside baseball when one jurisdiction is allowed a full stadium and others are not allowed any fans. Yeah, these are more new challenges ahead in the coming months. Um, meanwhile, we're going to see a full NBA season. We're going to see a full NHL season. We're going to see the second half of the NFL season. So we will learn from what's going on with them. The advantage that we have here is that whenever fans are allowed in, in ballparks, they'll be allowed in open air stadiums before indoor stadiums, at least in California. And so maybe that helps us a little, but Bob, ask me what's going on opening day next year. I really don't have a clue. I just don't. And what do you think about minor league baseball? Because this was, this was the hidden, not the hidden thing, but the thing that the part of the game that was sort of forgotten about by those who are major league baseball fans, principally dozens of dozens, maybe hundreds of teams. Well, there were hundreds of teams that didn't get on the field at all this past season. Is there a prospect for your minor league system to well at the moment at the moment i think our expectations whenever our season starts some of the minor leagues will begin then as well i don't know if all of the leagues will be ready because we may try to do spring training in waves you know just to work our way into it but again it's premature to talk about uh exactly what's going to happen but we're, we're thinking about it because a lot of our players lost a year of development. Yeah, that, that's that's a blow, not just to organizations. It's a blow to these individuals, and we have not forgotten about that. And and losing two years is unthinkable, both to organizations and more importantly to the individual players. So of course, we're going to do. I, I you know maybe there's no leagues, and maybe we keep them all in complexes. In the worst case, I I certainly hope not. But you bet we're talking about thinking about it because the minor leagues are so, so very important to every major league organization. Not only that, here's one. I, I don't even know the answer to this. I don't know whether John does either. Um, winter ball is, has been an important part of the development program for virtually every uh, major league team. Is there going to be any winter ball this year? There, there have been uh, games, uh, instructional league ball, already going on in Arizona. Some teams have had to stop for a day or two or more because of positive tests. Yeah. Um, my belief is right now there will be winter ball in the Dominican and Venezuela, but I, I'm not a million percent sure about that. And uh, um, these things change, I mean, literally every day. So I just don't know. I, I think the expectation is we will have those winter leagues, but it is not at all clear whether we will or under what conditions. Actually, I might suggest that minor league professional baseball was impacted as much as any business in North America when you consider teams have gone defunct yep. on, 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 on A, double A, triple A, and lots of young people, not just players, but young broadcasters, young PR guys, young marketing. Yeah, guys. everything. Everything, everything yeah. was affected in baseball more than, more than most. Because there were yeah. so many, there were so many teams in so many small towns in America. 
There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, baseball in the summertime for a lot of us, particularly the smaller cities, is sure. really important. And they didn't have that just added to the pain that this year brought all of us. Uh, before we let you go, I'd be remiss. I, I should tell the audience, too, depending on when you're listening to this, that we are recording this conversation um, a couple of hours before the polls close on Tuesday night in the um, American national election. You spent your time in Washington. Um, Obama administration when you were there, was it? Uh, he was elected when I was uh, yeah. running team. So it was between... George Bush, whom I knew well from when he ran the Rangers, and President Obama, who came in. Yes, I got to watch games with both of them, as a matter of fact. What was it like being in Washington on election night? Um, Any different than anywhere else? Yeah, it is. There's a different vibe, because in that city, you're either a D or you're an R, period, (laughs) okay? And the beauty of being with the baseball team is uh, I was – you know, I was a politics-free zone. You could come there and D's would sit with R's. You know, the only thing that, uh, the only place in town you could come where you could share something that was supporting the Nationals. So you bet it was a different feel, um, events going on. I, you know, along with millions of other people, I was walking around town during the inauguration events, and it's a whole week, really, of events. Yeah, that's a unique thing. I had so many wonderful, unique experiences besides watching games with two presidents. Um, I I called it the most important city in the world. I'll stand by that. And uh, being able to run the baseball team, the nonpartisan baseball team in the most partisan city in the world. I, I say that we still have segregation in America. It's in Washington, but it's by mm-hmm. D and R. And... Um, and living through that, being being right on the fence of DNR, yeah, it was it was a great experience. I loved the city and I loved the people that I met on both sides of the aisle. And I get back there as often as I can. Well, I tell you what, the, the, the fascination about Washington. I've been going to Washington since the mid seventies, and the place parts nineteen seventies. 1970? Yeah, 74 was my first year traveling. Okay, not, okay. 18, not 1870. <laughs> um, and, I mean, and, and Washington as a city has grown exponentially. Yeah. I mean, when you think of where the, you know, the, the stadium is now, what was there? When you think of where the, the arena is now in Chinatown, what was there? Yeah. It, has, it has matured. I mean, there were, we, were, we used to go to games stand out in Landover the old cap center in Landover. And me too. I was a GM and, and, in those days. Yeah. And, and we, there were certain parts of the town. We, we'd say, well, we got to drive by RFK. We got to drive by the stadium just to see. They would say, you can't drive there. You yeah. can't, you can't go there. You know, it's not safe for you. Uh, and uh, the, the city has changed and so and matured in so many ways. Maybe not from a political point of view, but it is, it has changed to become a, a, a true metropolitan area well it has a couple things going for it i think it has the most beautiful downtown of any american city and uh, it's suburbs now i for years i went there just you know as as a gm or as a team president and i'd go to the arena couldn't go to baseball because they didn't have baseball then um but you know but that was most of what i knew about dc and when i lived there and i got to see the suburbs in maryland and in virginia 
magnificent suburbs, yeah. great bustling cities, and now among the most uh, uh, vibrant and wealthiest uh, communities in America uh, because of all the industry that goes on, and most of it is you know, lobbying industry. Uh, it's a great, <laughs> very diverse city. And uh, as I said, I, I miss it a lot. It's a great place to live and, and work. And, and of course, you're, you talk about how the city was designed. It was designed after probably the most beautiful city in the world, right? It was designed after Paris. After Paris, L'Enfant. Uh, the grid. It's the grid, yeah. the grid, uh, the grid of yeah. Washington is the same as the grid of Paris. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you guys had the opportunity to wax eloquent about your this people. travelogue uh, may, may well, interest your your listeners more than you, usual, Bob. I doubt it, um, but I guess anything is possible. Bob, tell us about Columbus, it's Ohio. A low bar, Bob. That's I a have very no low idea. Bar. Tell, tell us about Columbus, Ohio. One All right, more no, wait, time, so we're recording on Tuesday night, and I don't know when this is going to go up. It might go up later tonight, but. Um, uh, you are in a state that is almost assuredly uh, uh, going to vote Democratic, and uh, it has uh, consistently for uh, some period of time. Um, Want to take your best guess as to what happens tonight, remembering that um, this may air at a point where the results He's, are He just known. talked about a oh, political no. free zone. He talked oh, about a political no. free zone. Oh, no, he was in a politically free zone when he was in are, Washington. Are you drunk? He left Washington. Oh, hell no. Chicken. Uh, by <laughs> the way, I think Gavin Newsom. I think Gavin Newsom is one of the great young stars of the of the Democratic Party. So hey, here's another subject we're not going to discuss. That's awesome. Uh, Any more subjects, guys? No, but we'll take some time and think about it, and then we'll invite you back. How's that? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> you look beautiful, Caston. Uh, uh, it's a great feeling to be president of the Dodgers in the media lucky and man. entertainment capital of the world. Hey, can, uh, I, can I ask one more question? It's cool. Can yeah. I? I need one more question. Quick. Magic Johnson. Who? Ma Magic. Urban yeah. Magic Johnson. Heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, what kind of influence? I mean, when you think about people in communities, the influence that this guy has had on so many people in Southern California. I know he's from Michigan, but in Southern California. And the, and the role he played for the Dodgers. Magic is extraordinary. I describe it to people as he really knows how to be magic. Okay, he lights up a room. He lights up any person he comes into contact with. He, he will meet a fan and say, do you have your phone with you? Take it out so you can take a picture. Okay, magic knows how to be magic, how to make people feel good. When we are in a meeting or in a sales pitch and we need a closer, man, do we have a closer, okay? Because no one resists a meeting with Magic Johnson. And to support our players when we need someone picked up, when we need someone motivated, Magic is there. Uh, I'm a lucky guy to have that kind of partner. And uh, it's, it's just another great thing about being with the Dodgers. Uh, you're a good man for taking time to join us. We congratulate you on your World Series. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, I couldn't be happier for you, and uh, we wish you continued Thank success you. and good health. You know, at this, in this, yeah, must wish each wish each other good health. So we we offer that to you as well. Thank you, Caston. You look beautiful, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. All right, Bob and John. Thank you both. Good talking to you.
That's the podcast for today. See ya. (laughs) 